Welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Morrissey. This week's Digiday Podcast features a discussion I had at our Digiday Publishing Summit with Slate President and CRO Charlie Kammerer about how podcasting has grown to 50% of Slate's revenue and is driving Slate's membership business. Give a listen. Okay, Charlie, so walk us through, uh, for those who are not familiar, Slate's history and podcast very concisely. So we were lucky. Uh, we uh, got into podcasting. I think our first podcast was 18 years ago. So we've been doing it a long time. And many, many of those years, we literally made no money. The reason we got into podcasting was because this kind of curious, affluent audience that we had uh, uh, liked uh, to listen to audio. And so uh, we did it... Uh, we did it for a long time. Now, listen, that it, it became a real advantage for us because we learned how to do it well. Um, we created, uh, we had studios. Um, we made a lot of mistakes, but we ended up kind of knowing how to do audio. So then, you know, fast forward about four or five years later, when audio started to become a thing, we were able to get into that business uh, in a way that was a lot more efficient than I think we would have had we not started it so long ago. So you have, what, 25 podcasts? We do. Okay. What's, what's the biggest one? Uh, the biggest one is a narrative podcast. It's fairly new called Slow Burn. Uh, we did, uh, we launched this, uh, two years ago. Our first one was on, uh, Nixon, uh, and impeach, and, um, and Watergate. Our second one was on Clinton and the impeachment process. And the idea behind it's really fun. It's, let's look back at a, uh, kind of a, a, a time in history, uh, and, but then look at it with the filter of today. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of obvious when you think about Bill and Monica and, the most powerful guy in the world, you know, was not looked like as a predator back then. Fast forward now with, with how we kind of look at things, you know, Monica was vilified back then, and in fact, you know, really? Mm. Um, so we have the third season coming out uh, in October. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a different turn. Um, we are doing uh, Tupac and Biggie, and, that, and, and the story of Tupac and Biggie and what happened there. So that's our biggest one, and that's a narrative one, which means that just is seasonal. It comes out for eight or nine episodes once a year. Our uh, biggest uh, podcast that is um, reoccurring is Political Gab Fest, also our oldest. Uh, Emily Bazelon from the New York Times, John Dickerson from 60 Minutes, David Plotz, who was the editor of Slate uh, for a period of time. Um, it's a weekly podcast talking about politics and what's happening in politics. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, that's our biggest one. So what's the scale? Like, uh, how many, I mean, do you talk in downloads or you're do you talk in downloads. audience? Uh, you're talking downloads. Uh, uh, to give you an idea, uh, Slow Burn uh, was about a million. Downloads. Uh, total. Uh, total. Uh, it's got what's called a back catalog or a long tail. And so people come in, about 200,000 people a month continue to come in to listen to that podcast every month, new people. Um, but the, when you sell it um, originally, you sell it by the season, the first eight episodes. And both of those got about a million downloads uh, for the total. Mm -hmm. um, to give you context, uh, Political Gab Fest has about 180,000 weekly downloads. Okay. Is that a hit? Like, I, so I think with podcasting, there's a lot of focus on it, but, you know, the numbers don't sound gigantic compared to a lot of other media. I mean, there's a lot, there's deep engagement. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers are growing big time, but they don't. Um, if you look at it in, in, in kind of total, um, we'll deliver just under 200 million downloads this year with our, uh, our family podcasts. And next year, about 250 million. So when you think about it that way, it's, it's, it's a decent number. Um, but, you know, the podcast market is growing uh, quite a bit, as, you, you, as you've all read, and so that continues to build and build and build. It's, 
By the way, the hardest thing to do in podcasting is make something big. Um, there, there are about 100, 150 podcasts out there that are big-ish, and then there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts yeah. that you know 8,000 people listen to so or it's 500 a, people listen to. It's a real <laughs> you know? long tail. Uh, it is. It right. is. Um, but it's also, that, that is truly, if, if any of you are thinking about making them for the publishers in the room, and it's hard to do. It's hard to make really good audio content, to be sure. Uh, but the hardest thing to do is to drive ears to it. Uh, that is by far the hardest thing to do, is discoverability is a big problem. We can talk about kind of data and the issues there, but discoverability is a big problem. I mean, if you don't have a, a kind of a podcast ecosystem to promote it in, um, we're lucky we do because we have a lot of shows, but if you don't, then uh, it's hard mm -hmm. to build an audience. So basic question, the, the way most people discover podcasts through podcasts. That is the number one okay. way to uh, send people to a podcast is through another audio product, podcast. Okay, so how do you introduce, when you roll out a new podcast, how do you introduce an audience to it? Do you, do you yeah. put it in the feed of an existing podcast with, with an, a, a similar audience? We do. So we have, we have a lot of levers. Uh, you know, we have a big website that differentiates us a little bit from some other pure play podcasts folks. That, that's a, a lever of promotion. But as you had mentioned, the, the most, um, effective way, uh, we've got all these feeds, right? And so we've got 25 shows. Each show has its own feed. And so if you're a podcast listener, you know, and, and you uh, listen to Political Gabfest, you get that every Thursday in your feed. Um, and so that, what that allows us to do is when we have a new show, we will take, we'll put that in somebody's feed. And so if it's a news show or maybe a political show or something that feels contextually right uh, to be in that political gabfest feed, we will put that in the first couple of feeds when we're promoting the show. You know, turn those 180,000 people on to that new show, listen to political gabfest. And that, that, that is a really, really effective way to build uh, an audience for a new podcast. Okay. So how about monetization? I mean, there's, there's, a fair amount of money going into podcast advertising now. Yep. How much do you sell direct, uh, and do you backfill with any yep. sort of programmatic? Yep. So we sell at 80, uh, probably 90% of it is direct, maybe even 95%. Um, oh. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to sell because it's got like all the great box checks. Like they're younger, they're more affluent, they're super engaged. Um, you, you hear people talk about it being a, um, kind of an intimate uh, medium. And, and it, it, for those of you that listen to podcasts, it kind of is, right? You, you kind of think you know this host, the host is talking to you. Uh, you know, that's something that you can create a kind of interesting narrative with with the advertiser. So um, so most of it is direct sold. Mm -hmm. We do have a backfill. We uh, started a company. Uh, it was called Panoply. It's now called Megaphone. It's, a, uh, it's basically an ad serving. It's a CMS. And, and we spun that out several years ago. Uh, Megaphone has a marketplace. Uh, and we use that marketplace to serve our, our unsold ads. So, I mean, this is completely different than display advertising then. I mean, because like so much has swung to indirect channels versus direct channels. It's completely different for now. I think, uh, uh, you is know. Is this going to follow the same story yeah, that display? I hope not, but yeah, I well, think. I why think, do you hope not? Well, I mean, <laughs> look what happened in display. Look what a lot of ad networks came in and, and with that came a lot of really good things, right? There was a lot of efficiency. Um, a lot more data came into the marketplace, all really important. But, you know, um, uh, environment and, and brand safety things became an issue. One of the uh, special things about podcasts and podcast advertising is, as I had mentioned before, that, that kind of intimate relationship with the host. When, when kind of the ad network thing comes into this business, uh, that host read will go away. Um, and then you'll have mm -hmm. a recorded read from somebody else. And that's fine. Um, but, 
You got to scale. There are things in you, How do host reads scale? Uh, it's hard, which is exactly why EdTech's coming in. Host reads are hard to scale, yeah. um, for sure. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. That, that is a, an issue in the, in the podcast business, to be sure. So what is the performance difference? And I'm sure you've done some research um, on a host read versus just, you know, a regular repurposed radio ad. Yep. I would assume that's a normal thing to do. Just, yeah, exactly. Why not? I mean, people have radio ads. Just run them on podcasts. Yep, which, which some people do. Um, there's a third party called Edison, Edison Research. And Edison, uh, they go into the market twice a year. They do a lot of research. Um, and every single year, this very consistent data comes back that a host read uh, uh, ad is much more effective than a regular recorded ad. Okay. Um, so how do you sell these? Do you sell these on, like, cost per download? We do. Uh, we, it's a CPM basis, and it's cost per download. But really, when you talk about download... You're using air quotes. Why? <laughs> well, you know, download, it's, it's hard, right? That, uh, it, it is a, uh, it's a frustrating thing in the business now, right? You, you say it's a download, but... You know, much like viewability came into the digital marketplace many years ago, a download doesn't necessarily mean somebody's listened to it. Um, and that's, you know, the market has an issue with that, as they should, right? And so, but right now, that's kind of the currency. Um, we, we are now uh, seeing some people selling a fit on um, impression-based. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, as long as, as long as you can prove somebody listens to it. Um, and so, you know, we, we're doing things like we're putting a pixel on the ad, uh, so when that pixel fires, you know, you can prove somebody listens to it, but, but if you start a download, you know, and it does, it's not really a download, truth be told, it's a stream, but if you start it and, you know, you're, you're in minute one and it streams all the way through, that pixel's gonna fire, but you haven't necessarily listened to that ad. So that, that, that's a lot of the tech that, that you know, we, we as a marketplace need to figure out to give advertisers the, mm -hmm. the comfort level that, you know, their ads being listened to, which is important. Why do you think advertisers are okay with this? I think it's still new. You know, I think a lot, of, a lot of advertisers listen to them and really like them, so they know the power of them. I think for many, many years, uh, the direct response guys were the only guys that played in a really strong way in this space. And like, if it didn't work, those guys wouldn't be in it, uh, you know, and they, yeah. and they are in it in a very aggressive way. So um, that says something. It says, yeah, that it says a work. lot. Like, they, yeah. they, of course, won't give us a lot of data, but, but you know, they, they, keep on, they, 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 they keep on optimizing it and it keeps on, they keep on spending money in it. So it's clear that it works for somebody who, you know, is, is following that uh, mm -hmm. all the way down the chain. I mean, I think the lines are fuzzy, but how much do you think of your podcast advertising business is, is performance versus brand? So it's a good question. So when, I, when you say performance, I'll say We're doing that. a lot of air quotes. I, I love that. <laughs> um, when you say performance, that's direct marketing, I think, right? Or direct yeah, response, Yeah, like, rather. you know, the yeah. mattress ads. So and... three years ago, uh, direct response was 75% of our business. This year, it'll be 20. Um, and our direct response business is growing. So, um, you know, that, what that means for us is that the brand people, the guys are coming in in a really aggressive way, um, which, which is great. Yeah. How much of this growth in, uh, you know, this is like sort of mini boom in podcast advertising. How much of it is um, fueled by a lot of VC money going to direct to consumer brands that are obsessive about customer acquisition? And they've, and a lot of them have, you know, they've tapped out Facebook and Instagram at yeah. this point. Yeah, this is a good question. Since it's only 20% of our business, like I, I think maybe uh, that was driving the market in a more aggressive way a couple of years ago. Yeah. But now that the brand folks are coming in, um, I'm not sure that that is as much of a driver as it was. Yeah. You know? are, are, the, are the brand advertisers looking for, for different types of advertising? I mean, I know you, you create, you know, you do, a, you do custom, yep. custom content. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, they, um, they're, they're coming into custom in a way uh, that is still slow because they literally just in the last couple, couple of years are getting comfortable with just advertising on that platform. And so custom usually follows that comfort level with the platform first. So, but we do, you know, we, it's interesting about, you know, four years ago, uh, I'll bet we did a dozen or, or, or more custom digital projects. And we now do a couple in digital, uh, two, two, three, four a year um, that, that we try to focus on the big ones. We did 12 custom podcasts this year for advertisers. Uh, and when I say custom podcasts, usually what that looks like is you create anywhere between three and six episodes in a season. Um, and, uh, uh, and then you help them promote it. Um, but we've done it, you know, Ford, uh, Century 21, Progressive, Teva in the pharma business, AQR, a big hedge fund, uh, you know, they're kind of all over the board. Even to Zwerner, which for those of you in New York City is a, it's a fairly high-end um, uh, art dealer. So it's kind of across the board, and that becoming a very big business yeah. for us. What's an example of, of one? Um, so Prudential, for instance, wanted to talk to their customers about understanding the importance of life stage, uh, basically, but really understanding the importance of who you are and how you spend your money. So we created these... We created actually a bunch of episodes, and you self-selected based on a couple of questions that you answered about who you are and how you spend your money. So are you a big saver? And as soon as you get your, your paycheck, you immediately spend it. Um, do you have young children? Do you need to save for college? You know, they kind of profiled who you were, and, and then you would, you would be sent to a couple of uh, podcasts that talked to you in a way that was, was, was most relevant to what kind of person you are with your money. Yeah. How do you make sure the margins are good on that? I mean, because we, we heard this in the, in the town hall about branded content yeah. and, and the margin pressure. Because, I mean, as much as everyone likes to insult advertising these days, you know, it has a lot better margins than acting like an agency. Yeah, the margins are good, I will tell you. You know, we, we're fortunate a little bit because we do a lot of editorial podcasts. We've got four studios in New York. Uh, so we've got this infrastructure um, that is waterline. And we also know how to do it. We know how to do it well. Uh, so we pull in a lot of... Uh, a lot of kind of folks who know what they're doing from all over our org. So it's uh, the, the, the margins, honestly, are it's a good marginal business. And then when you put on top the money that you ask a customer to spend to promote it, um, it becomes, it's, it's a great business. Okay, so I assume you're not going to tell me the overall total uh, that podcast advertising is. I will tell you for Slate, it's, a, uh, it's an eight-figure business, a healthy eight-figure business. Okay, so what percentage was it last year and then what percentage will it be this year? So as a part of our total business, and this is a little bit of a, it's not an indictment, but it's a little bit of an explanation of where our business is going. But you know, last year, about 28% of our business was uh, audio, was podcasting. And this year, it will probably reach 50. Okay. Uh, and and so, that's from growth, not the other parts of the business shrinking? That's from growth. The only other part of the business that we're seeing some weakness in is classic display advertising. Yeah. But you know, about three years ago, we, we optimized our business Knowing this was going to happen, so we optimized our business in a couple of different ways uh, for programmatic. So you can come into Slate and you can buy uh, almost anything programmatically if you're buying on a PMP or a guaranteed deal. Um, we knew that's where the market was going, so we're allowing our customers to do that uh, as easily as possible. We still have a bunch of display, classic display advertisers. We'll still work for those people and love those guys, but it's not binary for us. We're going to make it as easy yeah. for the other folks uh, to... Uh, uh, to buy us, uh, especially in the private market, as easily as possible. So your sales team, I mean, this was like a decision, really, of focus, really, right? I mean, because you want your sales team focused on on the audio side? No, I mean, we're focused on both. We're, yeah. we're, my sales team uh, sells display, they sell programmatic, and they sell audio. You know, of course, it's hard for them 
when audio is, is growing so much, you know, it's, it's, I've got to keep, you know, having them focus on the other stuff. Uh, but, but no, they focus on all of them. It, you know, we made a decision about three years ago. We basically walked away from video. The unpivot. Yeah, the unpivot. Uh, um, what is that? Necessity is a mother of invention. Like we were, we were making okay money in video, but we're, it was never going to be a big business for us. For us to really scale it was, it was, it would, it would be unprofitable to a large degree. The content that we do is, you know, we, we did some great storytelling, great journalism, video, but it was never going to get big. It didn't have a long tail. You know, I, I've worked in like women's service and, and, and food and to, to create videos and omelets or videos in beauty, you know, those, those are pretty quick to create. Um, they're short form and they have a really long tail. You can monetize them forever. The kind of video that we were doing at Slate, you couldn't really monetize. So we walked away from video almost entirely. Uh, and we put all that money that we saved into audio. Uh, and that's, and that was about three years ago. And that, you know, three years ago we had uh, eight or nine shows. Now we have 25. Okay. So, uh, a lot of people are focused on subscriptions and membership and, and, Slate has its own Slate Plus membership program. We do. How big is that? You know, we have just shy of 60,000 members. Is that good? You know, it's good for us. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, you listen, we're, you know, it's not good for the New York Times. But, uh, <laughs> That's uh, true. But, but yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a healthy line item on our balance sheet, you know, um, so it's good. So how do you, how do you, how does the podcast work with, because, I mean, usually podcasts are, it's, it's a really ad-supported medium. Um, yep. But how do you tie the two together? Yeah, so that, that is another great thing about this medium, right, is uh, there, there, are, there are a couple of other ways we use it to make money. W one is IP, actually. Um, so we've sold uh, uh, Slow Burn. Uh, you're going to see it on TV uh, this fall. But also we use it. It's the number one. We, we look at uh, the folks who sign up for Slate Plus, the, the membership. The number one reason they sign up for Slate Plus is podcasting. And the way we use podcasting is we don't put it behind a wall necessarily because, you know, that's not podcasting right now, although there are some companies that are trying to do that. We give, we, we do incremental content and we make it if they'd like an ad-free environment. And so, for instance, for those of you that know Slow Burner have listened to it, we cre actually created that at first for Slate Plus members. Uh, and we put the first one out, uh, to, to promote it and, and, and get some, some PR value. Uh, but the plan was to kind of put it all behind the wall. Uh, and then that first one blew up. And we decided that probably wasn't a good thing to uh, do was to put it behind the wall. But uh, so the, 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 the audio and, and podcasting is the number one driver of membership for us, which is why my, my guess is you'll see some of the bigger brands, one of which I think is here this, this weekend, who have podcasts, who've done a great job in podcasting. And my guess is that they're going to start levering that audio uh, for their subscribers. Okay. I think Charlie's saying that the daily is going to partially be behind I, the. Pain. I don't know anything, but <laughs> the New York, I mean, New York I'm Times. I'm going to ask Seb. Like the New York here. Times has done a great job of of, um, of of creating content for for subscription. I mean, they've done. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly the, the focus. Best ever. So yeah, that, exactly. that would yeah. that would make a lot of sense. So, how do you do it technically? I mean, just because like everyone gets their podcasts on on Spotify or yep. iTunes or something like this, they don't want to go to a Slate app or a different yep. app in order to listen to a podcast. Yeah, you just put it, we're agnostic in terms of platform. And so, you know, we, we create it, we put it out uh, uh, in, in every platform that, that, that is available, and then it doesn't matter to us what platform you use. But I mean, like, subscription-wise. You can, you can basically have oh, subscription a, a, a subscriber-only podcast or a subscriber-only yeah. episode that people will then get in their feed. Yep, yep. So uh, what we do is uh, we actually are, are spinning out a, a new SaaS product called Supporting Cast. And this is the technology where if you have, um, 
your feed in iTunes, for instance, you can pull in the same, uh, the same show. So Political GabFest is an example. You can pull in as a subscription um, through your iTunes, so you don't have to use a different platform. Uh, and we just, there's a couple of steps to you, that you need to use to use our tech, where then you're basically pulling in. So as a Slate Plus member, you, you follow a couple of steps, and then you pull in a non-ad supported um, uh, podcast, or you pull in incremental content, depending on you know, what, what you're giving. Um, so obviously, there's, there's been a lot of activity in the podcast space. I mean, Spotify is focused on it. iHeart is obsessed with it. Yeah. Gimlet got sold for a lot of money. Is there a mini bubble here? Give me the case that there isn't like a mini bubble, or, or so, is there someone? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a case for yes and no, right? The case for no is that the audience continues to grow uh, quite a lot. I think the audiences are doubling in podcasting year over year over year. So, you know, people are coming and listening. So that would tell you that there's, uh, uh, there's a reason to invest, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but you just said that the numbers are, are super sketchy. So do we know that it's really doubling? Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, we do only because, because the other thing that's, uh, well, so that's self-reported from advertisers as well. So, um, I'm talking about revenue. I'm talking about advertising okay. money putting in, not necessarily downloads. But, but also, you know, there is some, uh, question, but also downloads are, you know, there's new shows coming out. It's, it's the number one problem, I think, in this space is that discoverability is really hard. There's tons and tons and tons of new shows coming in. Uh, but it's really hard to find them. It's hard to know what's yeah. out there. So, so you have to hope to be featured on that Apple new and noteworthy. Oh, man. That How is, do you get featured on that? You, you make a lot of calls to Apple. <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. you beg, you send emails. Um, and then, and then I think the, 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 the argument for yes is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, a couple of these, two, these two, three or four big companies that have been bought have been bought for a lot of money. Uh, and we'll see whether, uh, whether that those can be turned into a long mm -hmm. kind of growth strategy that, uh, that's going to work. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you see like podcasting moving more towards having, I mean, because we see a lot of people trying to, to marry subscriptions with podcasts. Right. But that, that the market becomes, you know, kind of like the, the uh, digital publishing market where, you know, there's a pronounced move to subscriptions. Yeah. Or do you think that the advertising is growing enough that this will be, you know, uh, completely ad driven? I, I think it'll be both. And I think that's okay. You know, they, like th those aren't binary. We've seen for a lot of people who have been up here in the last couple of days and for our business too, we have a subscription model uh, for people who want that, but we also have a big ad, ad supported model too. And my guess is, and my guess is a podcasting business will look, you know, will kind of follow that path. Okay. You know? Charlie, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, Brian, absolutely. Appreciate it. <laughs>